0: I'm Victoria, and it's episode 18. Yeah, so welcome back to our podcast. Um, For those of you new to us, we are the chemists behind Chemist Confessions, Mm -hmm. and the podcast is just where we have an honest conversation about all things skincare, Mm -hmm. Uh, just trying to keep things lighthearted, and also add some of our personal anecdotes.
1: Yep, and today we have kind of an unconventional post, um, one topic that we really haven't covered, and Mm -hmm. that's... All the non-exfoliating acids yeah i think
0: we have dedicated multiple blog posts so and a few podcast episodes to mm-hmm. the top AJs like glycolic lactic mm-hmm. acid even mentioned the cell acids here and there mm-hmm. but so many of you have questions about the other
1: kinds of acids in skincare so this is what today's all about and a very fair point because the other acids are actually pretty cool and important mm-hmm. too um but first things first We have to ask each other, Coria. what are you drinking today? Well, today, (laughs) I am double fisting (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: a pumpkin ale. Today's theme is really about clearing out the fridge. Mm -hmm. So this... Was probably acquired around pumpkin ale season. She's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have someone's leftover
1: kettle one vodka spritz. Also a straggler. <laughs> yeah. And uh, today also is um, I found a wild little thing, little sour ale, ale from Sierra Nevada, and um, I have a second one. <laughs> <laughs> one yeah. of those episodes. Yeah. So um, great. And we actually, when this pop, when this episode comes out. We are actually getting really close to the book launch. Yes. So this
0: episode, mm-hmm. we're recording end of Feb, but this should be we're coming so out. <laughs> I'm not looking for right. happiness. <laughs> <clears throat> but this episode should be coming out around mm-hmm. mid March. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's later than this, guys, you can call us out. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I believe. Yes. Okay. So by that time, we will be very, very, very close to skincare decoded being launched Mm -hmm. and um if you're listening to the uh, podcast then look for our pre-order specials because we're going to um leading up to the launch we're gonna try to do something special for all you pre-order (laughs) orderers
1: yeah um we're thinking about doing some like enrichment content Mm -hmm. because uh we might have mentioned before but we didn't really talk about specific products in the book it's kind of a like trademark thing. We got to go hunt down the brands and so um I think being able to put some like realistic examples together mm-hmm. for some of the routines we built, hint, hint not nudge, would be really helpful. Um so yeah. Yeah, to give you a preview, we
0: built these um Gloria's going to read us a story right now. I'm going to read you a story (laughs) of how this book was born. (laughs) There's a lot of charts and guides Mm to um, sample routines. Mm -hmm. And the enrichment content will be for those people who um, pre-ordered the book. You can have these same guides, but Mm -hmm. with some sample or representative products products. in these categories. And hopefully it will just make a lot more sense.
1: Yeah. So really, yeah, just excited for the book to finally launch and honestly just get everyone's feedback so that'll that'll be fun and then another update is we did a round of chemist recommended Mm -hmm. recently Um, it's always good to um, just get back into it we kind of gave you guys like a hint of what Chemist Recommended is, but I think for us we always look forward to just like reading through people's routines mm-hmm. and seeing like what exactly is on their mind and their skin concerns. can help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so look
0: forward to the next round Chemist Recommended. We really learn a lot by reading everyone's routine mm-hmm. and by that we can start to see some common mistakes mm-hmm. in skincare mm-hmm. and it also help us just give much better recommendations overall. Yeah.
1: And, um, finally, um, in terms of content to look forward mm-hmm. to, we still have a few blog posts that are in the works. Yes. <clears throat> Peptides. <clears throat> nice and amy. Oh my
0: god, if, if our peptide collaboration piece is not out yet by the time this episode is out, someone dm me, like, specifically <laughs> said, Gloria, where the hell is my peptide blog article? I've been previewing
1: this for like a month and a half now. Yeah, um, you know what's funny is... <laughs> We mention all these articles, and similar to the podcast, (laughs) it always pops out the article that we don't actually talk about. We lied. Yeah. So anyway, so there's that. And then also we have an expert um, in the works for our next expert series, and this one's going to be more skincare-based, so that'll be kind of, I think that'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's one of our old friends, so we are going, we're very excited. We haven't quite settled on a topic yet, but um, DM us if you think of anything. You want to ask a different different expert. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, moving on to in the news. In the news. news. <laughs> Alright, Gloria. So, what's up? Alright, <laughs> so... What's going on? Um, so, last... I think
0: episode 16 mm. we talked about the new trends of 2021 oh, whoever wow. wrote that allure piece was onto something because mm-hmm. we're seeing it pop up everywhere mm. there's a new brand called forward skincare which it's actually frwrd. for four there's which- no <laughs> there's no vowel. so frwrd for skincare <laughs> <laughs> their their brand is all about wellness holistic uh-huh. values so they have a triple mushroom complex that combines snow, turkey tail, and chaga mushrooms for your useful glow. <laughs>
1: um, I don't, I, I personally, Small I am mean, different about mushroom.
0: mushroom. Yeah,
1: I think snow mushroom is quite common in K-beauty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, turkey tail, I've always heard that is delicious to cook. Oh, I've never had it before. Yeah, I think because like the meat, I don't know, the meat to me does look a little like bird protein-ish. Huh. It's, like, very wrinkled and, like, big and wide. Cool. Oh. Um, and then I looked up <laughs> what chaga... What Sorry. <laughs> We're not very mature. <laughs> I don't know what chaga mushroom is, actually. Yeah, chaga um, is actually parasitic. Oh. It kills birch trees.
0: So we kill it
1: for our use to save birch trees. We got you birch trees. <laughs> and um, it looks like uh, charcoal. Mm-hmm. It's, like, black and, yeah. It's got that kind of sphere look. Um, so but yeah. Generally speaking, mushroom extract goes into that
0: kind of like hippie new ingredient. They they've been around for some time. But I will say based on what we've seen and we always say if you have other like really great data that we missed out on, send it to us. Uh, and we'll follow up with an update. But I haven't seen
1: anything that's super exciting in the mushroom mm-hmm. world. I I mean I agree. And I again this goes back to like are, I think this was, like, a previous tinfoil hat theory that, like, <laughs> some of these, like, um, trendy ingredients... Like, herbal ones especially. They don't have to do the testing because people are, are into it. Like, right, they know right. that mushrooms are good for you, and so they're, like, willing to try it for their skin. So, anyways.
0: Um, yeah, so the data is just really, really, really early. Mm-hmm. I have... Barely seeing anything that's beyond the petri dish stage mm. on mushrooms. you know what? If it's like, if it makes you happy, if it's a ritual thing, sure. But if you're tackling more serious uh, skin concerns, I take it with a grain of salt.
1: I have a tin foil hat theory. Oh, oh my God! I keep forgetting you built Victoria <laughs> an actual tin foil hat. It's coming. I think by the end of this, we're ready to become botanists. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned way more about plants that I never knew existed. Like never did I think I would know more about like kind of the I guess medicinal benefits of plants than through skincare.
0: It's true. And I I will say even though I think we've always been a little critical of that um lack of data around botanicals mm-hmm. and herbs, mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying all botanicals are bad. Of course, there are quite a few. Oh, that should be in the next episode: botanicals with good data, helpful botanicals. Yes. Mm. Yeah, because there's so many, right? Mm-hmm. But I will say I love going to those shops that have like all the hippie t- teas and all the um, exotic extracts. I get it; it's like an experience, mm-hmm. right? You, it, it just—it's really pleasing to look at all the dry plants and the stories are nice. But mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Not,
0: not Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. We have another celebrity skincare launch in the future. Yeah, so Sophia Vega
0: hinted I or
1: also d- like her.
0: Yeah, not necessarily <laughs> hinted at the fact that she's going to launch a uh, oh, line of skincare i don't know if it'll be out by the time this episode comes out but Mm. look forward to our review or our thoughts on that line soon um we talked about jlo line last week and then jlo had some awkward press about her promoting her
1: line because yeah the filters Mm. yeah and i feel like you know what at her age without filters she's already like gorgeous gorgeous and like aging goals you know like Mm -hmm. like puts us to shame you know so i told i can understand where they're like oh i wish she didn't have to do that plus it's skincare and everyone looks for really natural
0: yeah and i wonder if it's um i don't really know how that came to be Mm um i don't know if it's just she feels pressure to have that like completely porous look you know i really i i do wish that um we can be a little bit more real about them Mm -hmm. i almost feel like my foil hat hmm? <laughs> i feel like the world is going towards extremes yeah. like even on something as li- as simple as skincare right on one hand i think there's a big following a big group of people who love that instagram filter look yes you know that snapchat filter instagram filter that flawless mm-hmm. you know like your your face is skinnier your eyes are bigger and then a whole nother group that's like all natural mm-hmm. no makeup like embrace yourself the way you are and i think there's yeah. a
1: healthy medium. You yeah. Know? Like sometimes you want, there's moments where you do want to look like more glamorous, like have that baby mm-hmm. doll look, have that glowing, glittering face. And then there's days where you're like, you know, it is also healthy to be like, hey, I like my left lines. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I plenty. So I was debating about this when mm-hmm. you found, when you discovered the new celebrity launch. I'm mm-hmm. like, do we start a celebrity bracket Of, like, what we think they're going (laughs) to, what skincare lines are going to launch. Because I'm, like, this could be really Oh, my God, actually, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God, it's a betting pool. Yeah, I'm, like, do we start, like, some sort of bracket where we all put down our, like, Celebrities that we think are gonna f- in the future come out with a line. You know what? I feel but like money or mm-hmm. like punishment.
0: Oh, I like that. You know what? I feel like Pharrell has already thrown my <laughs> senses off. That that was the last person I thought would come out with like a skincare line.
1: Beautiful packaging concept is so all over. The place. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, and then I was thinking another thing we could do is bet. What kind of skincare line Sofia Vergara will come out with? Because she is teaming up with, Mm. apparently, one of the uh, previous CEOs of, like, Kiehl's. Something herbal. Yeah. And I was like, I really like her. I really hope she doesn't come out with, like, another. Yeah. Like, just botanical, forward skincare line of, like, trendy ingredients. Just like you said, adaptogen. Actually, when you said Kiehl's, I'm like, yup gonna be a botanical toner of some sort yeah yeah exactly so but anyways maybe maybe we'll do the bracket i think Mm -hmm. that'll be fun Mm -hmm. um and then (laughs) i gotta share this one because i find it hilarious gloria has discovered (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i look for for someone who's so deep in your skincare i really feel like i've lived under a rock (laughs) yeah gloria recently has discovered what slugging means um And that there's like a whole core cohort of sluggers that do the hashtag slug life kind of skincare routine. Gloria, would you like to share your thoughts and feelings about slugging? You know, I don't know how I didn't
0: know that this is a thing. (laughs) But I ran into it. So slugging, for those of you like me who also lived on the rock and didn't know that this is a whole thing. More K-beauty roots, yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, uh, it's been trending in K-beauty <laughs> circles. And apparently it's a practice of slugging your face in petrolatum as a last <laughs> step. So you just cover your face in something very greasy, waxy
1: to seal it in. Um, I want to say... Since the inception of when we started doing videos, I don't know how many times Gloria has actually talked about, like, slathing, slathering her face in Vaseline. Especially when I fly. Yeah. And how, like, yeah, I don't know. You probably heard a comment of, like, this shiny girl in the airplane seat, like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, so apparently I've been slugging this whole time. Right? I had no idea. <laughs> the grandmother of slugging. <laughs> grandmother? <laughs> <part. laughs> you know how they say the grandfather? Yeah, like, sorry, and, and, I didn't and, and, mean yeah, to yeah. make
0: that.
1: Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean,
0: new term for me, but as a concept, it totally works. Great idea, especially if. If you have dry skin, and yeah. um, one of our favorite estheticians, Angela, she is also a fan of just like you know prepping your skin for a big day and whatnot. Um, just l- embalm yourself and then go to sleep. And I wake up
1: rejuvenated. Personally, I feel like the people who actually do listen to our episode have done that from the beginning. So, congratulations, you guys! Y'all were in before the trend. Apparently, I'm a yeah. trendsetter, baby. <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously um yeah and then finally we have another launch new new brand launch yeah new-ish brand launch um Bobby Brown the
0: founder of Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has a new brand called Jones Road. New-ish brand. I think mm-hmm. they actually, Jones Road started in um, in makeup, mm-hmm. um, true to her roots, and they recently came up with a line of skincare. Mm-hmm. And one of the products caught my eye, which is their um, Hippie Skin Stick. And mm-hmm. I, it caught my eye because I realized... Titan? No, it's just oh. a clear oil stick. Aww. So I think since milk makeup and um mm-hmm. in recent years there's been a lot more brands that have waterless formulas so they will have things in very balmy or stick forms or mm-hmm. even bars i've seen a lot of bar moisturizers mm-hmm. how do we feel about waterless
1: skincare <laughs> <laughs> well okay i personally like that's not really for me i Victor has oily combo skin. Yeah, so I'm, like, very worried about the shiny heaviness of some of these oils. And I noticed in, you know, to keep things lighter, I see they use, like, the beeswax. Um, It also uses coconut oil, which freaks me out a little one, bit. the one, two, three, as a third ingredient, yeah, coconut oil. Yeah, so that makes me very nervous. And then another thing is it looks like it would smell great. I'm not too sure, but it mentions the orange peel oil. And... um. While we love citrus oils, um, there is this concern about citrus oils um, in skincare just because I guess the in terms of essential oils it's a little bit like phototoxicity.
0: Yeah, and actually, high levels of essential oils in general can yeah. be sensitizing, yeah. and this is one of the things we always add, uh, we always say is natural doesn't instantly mean gentle or effective. Yeah. Um, essential oils is a great mm-hmm. example. It's they're very complicated mm-hmm. ingredients. There's a lot of components to a fragranced essential oil, and um, a lot of times that can be the source of your irritation.
1: Yeah, so. Uh... Probably be hesitant to try, but Mm -hmm. Gloria, would you would you feel like this is something like Um, when in need?
0: I think generally speaking, waterless uh, you can think of waterless sticks Mm -hmm. like this and um, and bar moisturizers. Mm -hmm. They're mostly your occlusives Mm -hmm. or um, emollient components. Mm -hmm. They are your best friends in your slug life. (laughs) If you want to try it, definitely give the ingredient list a read. Like Victoria said, beeswax is a little harder wax. Coconut oil is a known comedogenic ingredient, so uh, probably better for those with dry skin. Yeah. But, and know that that is not the only thing you need. I think a lot of the waterless movement comes from this um, idea that you have a smaller like water waste footprint, so it's more mm-hmm. sustainable, which is not wrong in your thinking, but your skin needs more than just fatty ingredients. They are really lousy, um, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway so it, it, it's a supplement um product it's not the only thing your skin skin needs
1: Yeah, so, agreed yep. and finally we have another discovery <laughs> there is a new addition to the whole skincare fridge space and apparently <laughs> um the brand called face story but it's spelled f-a-c-e-t-o-r-y which makes me want to say face tory um, well, fess-atory. Fess-atory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, they came out with a fridge that now includes a face mask side panel for you to slot your sheet mask in. Cute. You know, OK, mm. I'm really waiting for the skincare fridge like companies to catch on to like a new opportunity for their devices. Why not just sell it as an actual fridge? Because, okay, in, like, Asian cooking, some mm-hmm. of the stuff is kind of stinky. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a wonderful idea to sell, like, your mini little fridge of stinky things. So then your whole Ooh. other big fridge doesn't, like,
0: yeah. See, that's all...
1: Okay. Hello. I think a few episodes
0: ago, <laughs> some, uh, someone asked what's the best, thing, best way to use skincare fridge. Other than your skincare, I'd say it's... Koreans, a lot of Korean people I've heard, like, um, who live in Korea, a lot of them have two fridges, one dedicated to the art of kimchi, but for non-Koreans and casual kimchi eaters like ourselves, <laughs> yeah. if I want to make my own kimchi, I, I'm not going to make a whole mm. fridge full of kimchi, mm. I can make a whole skincare fridge full of
1: kimchi, so uh, I think you're on to something. <laughs> I really think, you know, like, we're missing an opportunity here, skincare fridge people, like... Like, it's cute. It's designed really well. Mm -hmm. Like, I really feel like, you know, if you need to open up to a new customer set, this is the way to go. But anyways. Yeah, mini kimchi fridge, (laughs) please. All right, finally. Um, Now it's time for the meats. (gasps) We have the, the meat.
0: The meat, as we mentioned today, is non-exfoliating acids. Or I should say more precisely, just going to put it out there. The focus will be on transamic and azelaic acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a poll on Instagram on which... Y'all had some feels. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it was a pretty even split between as a leg and tranexamic acid. Mm-hmm. Some if of you- y'all were
1: very aggressive in your lingo of like absolutely tranexamic or no seriously tranexamic. Reading that for a quiz is like, oh, okay. Okay,
0: we're on it. We the got you. The gravity
1: of these statements.
0: Yeah, actually, I find it really funny. So Instagram limits you to four options. So... Victoria and I were sitting there, we're like, oh, Trinx, acid make away. For real, been around, but no one talks about it. It doesn't get spotlight. Mm. And we're sitting there going through acids, and I'm like, hyaluronic? And we just put it out there. And then we got so many messages that say, you forgot kojic acid. I'm like, the list
1: is short. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> the anger. Although I feel like uh, we've really come so far because I never thought that when we first started, people would be like, you forgot this active. Yeah. You forgot this ingredient. Yeah, no actually, that's really great. Yeah. So anyways. All right. So first things first, to get it out of the way and clear the air... What acids we're not talking about are the exfoliating acids. So these are the ones that we talk about as AHAs or BHAs, anything that's going to shed those dead skin cells off and give you glowing skin. Yeah,
0: and I just want to be clear that um, AHA stands for alpha hydroxy acid. Mm-hmm. It's These acids are classified by their chemical structure. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's, how, how do we feel about orgo? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Before we go into acid structures, Gore and I have already discussed how I feel about Orgo, <clears throat> and so has to hear, yeah, she just wants me to tell you that Orgo was my least favorite of all <laughs> chemistry classes, and um, it wasn't my best subject. I found that I was not good at drawing geometrical shapes, and... Little did you know, years later, you'd be drawing circles all day. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's still probably that subject that could really, like, smack me over the head of, like, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. The chiral, a-chiral, like, yeah.
0: I feel like, yeah, it's definitely one where I was at. I am geometrically questionable. I'm like, <laughs> the reflective molecules. Uh, trans. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but anyway, for those of you still in school, um, good luck. <laughs> also we feel you. Yeah, but anyway, so glycolic lactic acid, they're actually related by chemical structures. Mm. A lot of these acids are, are not. Um so that's what that's how we kind of break them up. Um, And I will clear the air and say, well, we say non-exfoliating acids. A lot of these, even azelaic acid and even citric acid, we consider citric acid just a whatever acid, okay? Mm. But even citric acid has been used in a peel. Mm. Um, Up to 50%, has some good data. But Mm. the reality is we classify these molecules as non-exfoliating because you'll never find it at the exfoliating level Mm -hmm. in your day-to-day skincare. Mm. So, whew, that's out of the way.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. And so, with that, um, yeah, as we mentioned, the two that we're going to fo- really focus in on is tranexamic acid, which is getting a little bit of a spotlight, mm-hmm. which we're happy about, and then azelaic acid. So, we'll start off with tranexamic acid because we've actually touched on this before
0: mm-hmm. in
1: our pigmentation series. Uh, but, yeah, so its origins is definitely pretty interesting, and I will say... When we launched our product with tranexamic acid, a lot of my like healthcare medicine friends actually texted me and they were like, How are you using this in your skincare? Because it's actually stemmed from dealing with bleeding. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It is used as a medicine to treat anything from heavy nosebleeds to heavy periods. Heavy periods,
1: yeah. And yeah. The origin's pretty interesting, right? Um, People were having heavy period flow and then, you know, they were taking this orally and started realizing their skin tone is improving. That's a very similar story to retinoids. Man, right? that's like magic. Because yeah. when you think about like pharmaceuticals, you're always like you hear the laundry list of side effects, effects. like yeah. will cause diarrhea and confusion, and you know, and it's
0: like happy people Vikings that may cause excessive gas, headache, <laughs> loss of vision, and they look so happy. It's <laughs> so true. I love pharma commercials. is super funny to me.
1: Uh, I, yeah,
0: like smelling the. Rose and may cause temporary, night terror temporary blindness.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. So accurate. <laughs> yeah. So but anyways, this is
0: the pleasant side effect. For
1: once the side effect is awesome. Yeah,
0: and finally, tranexamic acid is relatively new to mm-hmm. the US market. Um, I think you'll see a lot of article that's like, oh, the new exciting ingredient, Tranexamic Acid. But interestingly, it's been around for forever Mm. in Asian skincare. So I grew up in Taiwan. So as a kid, I have always heard of like Chuan Ming Sun. And um, I just never made that connection that that is transamic acid. Mm. In fact, I think like um, I'm fluent in Chinese, but I'm not chemically fluent in Chinese. Like I don't know any proper, proper
1: names Mm. in Chinese. So when I found... It's also very like the translations are like
0: yeah yeah super wonky so anyway I that thing has been around being popular in Asia for mm-hmm. more for decades mm-hmm. um, so what that means is there is decades of testing so there's a whole slew of interesting studies around and it's trans- not just
1: acid. topical and oral right
0: yeah so what's interesting is uh, the origins obviously in oral tablets mm-hmm. of transemic acid it's used topically obviously there's also a lot of studies on injections. We will not go there. Mm-mm. No, but awkward. Yeah, but it's an option. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think I read one that's like a local uh,
1: infiltration of trans acid. I'm like, that's a weird way of phrasing it. You didn't know that's like a very awkward translation. Yeah. That translation was taken too literally.
0: Yeah. So, uh tranexamic acid has a lot of studies and when it comes to one of its main benefits
1: is melasma and hyperpigmentation treatment and i do want to point out the reason why you don't hear about like melasma claims is because that is very much like a pharma claim it's Mm -hmm. an otc drug claim and so that's why you will never hear of like your skincare pigmentation products talked about like can it help with things like melasma
0: right it will talk about i will use more general phrasing like brightening Mm. or whitening even Mm. um but anyway
1: the the testing profile is awesome
0: yeah um so we should take a step back Mm. and mention that with any sort of melasma or hyperpigmentation testing Mm. it's very difficult Mm. you have a ton of ingredients out there that claim to have um Pigmentation fighting effects, but a lot of them, like
1: many other actives, are in that Petri stage test. If you hear anything with the lingo of like tyrosinase inhibitor, mm-hmm. um, that's how they're getting those like Petri claims and Petri dish. They or I guess like that they're testing it in like usually Petri dish conditions. Fun fact:
0: They use mushrooms. <laughs> a lot of them use mushroom tyrosinase. <laughs> 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 We've come full circle. Today's theme is actually mushrooms and what they do for you. <laughs> ha ha. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of them stop at the testing a mushroom stage, and yeah. your face is not quite like a mushroom, so exactly. that's why it doesn't translate well. So there is a few tiers of what we consider how we rank hyperpigmentation fighting ingredients. Mm-hmm. Mushroom stage is like the initial vetting stage. <laughs> mushroom stage. Mm-hmm. Animal testing is the next stage, but we don't really think too much about those. Yeah, we don't like, take it, pigmentation and animal. Mm, we of. don't take it too seriously until we get to human skin testing, and then the highest tier is if it's benched against hydroquinone, because mm-hmm. hydroquinone is a known gold standard, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, azamic acid has been tested against hydroquinone many a times.
1: Also, yeah. First off, very rare scenario. Mm-hmm. Not many ingredients will be tested against the gold standard because they don't want to risk. You're
0: setting the. You're setting up an ingredient for failure, really.
1: Exactly. And the other thing that I think is really cool about the data is that they test it in like the ultra difficult skin concern, which is melasma. And melasma mm-hmm. is probably like the one of the main uh, very stubborn. Uh, pigmentation skin
0: We get a lot of people, yeah, who reach out to us yeah. asking about it. And any pigmentation takes a lot, a lot, a lot of
1: patience. Yeah, and also usually will take a slew of you. You'll probably find that you know a lot of pigmentation correctors and serums. They have like a whole cocktail of ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um. And the reason why hydroquinone is a gold standard is because it alone, you know, at 4%, um, which is the highest you can get in drugstores, does have some benefits um, as a single active, which is not common for pigmentation. Yeah. Right. Right. So but anyways, so we'll go through a couple pieces of data and tout how awesome it is. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one of the first studies
0: I found is um it's relatively small, but um it has thirty women with melasma and then compare 5% tranexamic acid with 4% hydroquinone for 12 weeks and Mm -hmm. note that 12 weeks is a really really good length of time for pigmentation testing
1: uh yeah that's the other annoying part with pigmentation is um sometimes it takes as long as or actually normally it takes as long as half a year Mm -hmm. to see any real results um You got to think about like seasons and you got to think about, you know, pigmentation fighters. They need to be used super diligently for Mm -hmm. a longer period of time. And not many people can stick to that kind of strict regimen.
0: Yeah, it's just really hard. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. So, yeah, 30 women. Yeah. Right. So, the, um, the two products perform very similarly. Mm. Um, after 12 weeks, there is a greater decrease in uh, hyperpigmentation in the transamic acid group. That difference isn't significant, so we would say that's like pretty much on par. Yeah. But to be on par with uh, hydroquinone is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, hydroquinone does come with side effects like irritation mm-hmm. and dryness. So um, the tranexamic acid group was actually better tolerated, tolerated. than hydroquinone.
1: Bonus. Uh, one asterisk is that it is liposomal tranexamic mm-hmm. acid, which means that it's encapsulated. Um, usually, that suggests better pe- better penetration. Um, but all in all really good signs um, and there's other data to kind of talk about it in non-liposomal form as well um, but yeah uh, also orally we've actually gotten questions about taking tranexamic acid orally which I thought was surprising but yeah
0: yeah so it does work mm-hmm. and what's interesting is I found a couple of different studies, and one of the ones I'm gonna highlight actually has a hundred eligible patients that did the study. Mm. And honestly, a hundred is a number. Anything over 50 is hard to find in skincare, so this mm-hmm. is great. Um, what they did is they com- uh, compared taking a 250 milligram uh, twice daily, thrice daily. Oh my god you're chugging <laughs> acid. um you're taking this pill three times a day and you're adding it to hydroquinone so mm-hmm. this is not a comparison study this mm-hmm. is a regimen study mm-hmm. and what they found was that this combination was very very effective mm-hmm. and what's interesting is they assess the relapse so a lot of times the thing is skincare is a marathon you don't get you don't treat a symptom in eight weeks and then you're like problem solved i'm gonna have perfect skin yes. forever so they actually measure if that effect um sustains when after the treatment use. period yeah mm-hmm. and what they found was what they did is they compare a skincare routine that combines a four percent hydroquinone to this three times a day transamic acid tablet mm. to just using the hydroquinone cream
1: mm-hmm.
0: um they did the treatment for three months, which is a standard testing period, mm-hmm. and then they followed up after another three months after treatment stopped. Wow, that's a
1: really long study.
0: That's a real yeah. It's a half year follow up. Just know anyway. they blew money on this study. Yeah. So what they found was they, while the performance was mm. pretty similar, mm. um, it seems that most people were more satisfied with the transamic acid study. That yeah. means even though the instruments what they detected was pretty on par um whatever the mechanism of oral transamic acid is people are feel like they're generally more uh brighter um more even toned and they're just happier with the result yeah so
1: that's kind of an interesting study definitely and um finally they also did another 12 week study and this is topically with 346 melasma patients we love it we never see like on average, brands will usually only test like 30 subjects, um, mm-hmm. it, just because it's very expensive and exponentially gets more expensive when you add more people. Um, Not to mention,
0: for these type of studies, you're recruiting people with melasma. So that's that's that much
1: harder. Every time you add on a factor, just think it complicates at price. So um, to have that many subjects with melasma mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, and with that, this was a 12 week study. Um, It was single blinded. Um, What that means is one of the products has the label and marking lingo all
0: around it. So it does have like a hint of bio skew towards it. Yeah.
1: Um, But what they did was actually evaluate, you know, the improvement of testing uh, 2% hydroquinone versus 4% tranexamic acid just to see how it would perform at a lower dose, which I think. Um, while well, 4% is usually the standard, um, you will find products that kind of do a uh, less and a gentler introduction at 2%. Um, and they found that it did perform on par um, at those percentages. So again, with that subject size, also keep in mind, it's also melasma. These are all really awesome things, so.
0: Yeah, so all in all, this is an ingredient that deserves all the hype uh-huh. that it's getting. So um, for those of you on the market looking to add a transamic acid yeah. to your routine, here are some of the representative products that uses this ingredient. First up, there's two classic um, clinical derm-esque brands that use this. Um, Lytera, Skin Skimmedica's Lytera and SkinCeutical's Discoloration Defense yeah. both use it.
1: I feel like Lytera was... It was even earlier, right?
0: Yeah, it's the OG. It, well, I don't know if it's OG, but it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most um, acclaimed Pikmin fighting And um, also, serums.
1: yeah, and I think that's like uh, SkinMedica's like champion Yeah, serum.
0: one of their top sellers, I believe. Okay. And um, I will say both uh, Discoloration, Defense, and Lightera, they use a blend of ingredients, mm-hmm. not just transamic acid. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's a good thing, for sure. Yeah. It's just a complicated issue that takes... The whole family of ingredients. Yeah,
1: and we obviously have
0: to tout our own product. ew and uh, a brand called Chemist Confessions has so cool, a so cool, Gold sorry. Standard. <laughs> um, that combines thirty percent glycolic acid with five percent trichiamic acid. This is not a product that you would use um daily.
1: Ah, oh my God! Sorry, no. I I have to. I'm screaming because someone recently just told me they were spot treating with Gold Standard, and I was mortified. <laughs>
0: It is not a spot treat 30% and 5% transamic acid is very very <laughs> very, <laughs> very potent. If you want to use it daily or closely, you are diluting it into your serum. Yeah. One drop will do the trick. Yeah. I think the our most preferred method for using gold sander is to use it as a rinse-off mask. Yeah. You use it literally as a once a week. It's it's a home peel. That's what it's supposed to be.
1: I don't- keeled over like we did all these fun instructions only to find out that you still spot treated and didn't read the instructions yeah just in was- pl- and, and, and general please be careful with acid <laughs> please there's a
0: lot of um i think it's great that there are a lot of effective products out there our gold senior included um but please be careful
1: yeah and the other thing um just to keep in mind is that when you were doing pigmentation or wanting to tackle your pigmentation, what you can do is we generally recommend to wait till after summer. I know right now um, you're hitting, you're still kind of like in, going into spring, so there's a little bit of time. But as there's more sun out, um, we really would rather you just focus on sunscreen, sunscreen. good protection, because. You're still going to probably accumulate some sort of pigmentation over summer as well and it just makes the road to treatment like that much longer and it's just it's very it's a very very stubborn skin concern I would say the most stubborn skin concern yeah so I burned
0: myself a long time ago on my wrist. And I will say I'm not I'm not the best about taking care of it, mm. um, but when I first burned myself, it was pretty dark, and I th- that was when it really bothered me, and I definitely like covered it. I used um, I used a bunch of different stuff on it. Um, I used a skin which 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 is azelaic oh, right. acid yeah. Yeah. that will come next. Um, and <laughs> I used uh, I used all sorts of discoloration serums, mm. soothing serums, protected it. And then after it faded enough, I'm like, whatever, <laughs> I don't care, and I won't say like driving even the Cali sun, like having my hand yep. on the wheels, you can just feel the circle going like. I <laughs> <Yep.
1: laughs> See, it's shadowing a little bit. Yeah. So like
0: that's what part of the main reason why yeah. like, this is still around. This this was like three years ago. Yeah. So just just know that it takes diligence to really uproot it. Exactly
1: so that ends our ode to tranexamic acid but last but not least azelaic is probably even more way more popular than tranexamic acid Mm -hmm. i feel like it's getting a really big kick lately um but yeah from a chemist's perspective
0: i won't keep prefer tranexamic over azelaic just because tranexamic is highly water-soluble fun fact even though it's an acid it's actually at a very neutral pH. If you just dissolve some trisammonic acid in water, you're gonna get something close to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lake acid, fracking hates water. It hates it. It hates everything. It's just an ingredient that likes to just sit by its
1: grumpy self in solid form. It doesn't want to work with you. Exactly. So, and yeah. just also, yeah, it just hate It'll just swim around in your solution. Yeah, and this is
0: why um, you will find. Transamic acid in creams and in serums. You most azelaic acid-based products are like something milkier. They're paste. They're cr- uh, sometimes they're creamy. Um, trying to pummel it. <laughs> yeah, and the awkward thing is it's effective at a very high level. Transamic acid four to five percent, great. Azelaic, the lowest level we found that's effective is fifteen percent. In
1: in academia, paper, and you won't find it more than ten percent. Yeah, so this is where you guys might wonder why we don't champion azelaic acid often. It's because yeah, the percentages won't really hit, and I yeah, as (laughs) we've been stating from the very beginning, percentages do matter. So I mean, first, well, let's let's hit on azelaic acid. um, How it got us fame.
0: Yeah. So it has two main benefits. Mm. It's also touted as a melasma slash hyperpigmentation fighter, Mm -hmm. but an area where it's very well studied is acne Mm -hmm. benefits. So um, yeah, and you know, with that, sorry, I'm sorry, No. (laughs) (laughs) and what's interesting (laughs) is uh, we've always known and we've uh, had a library of papers on it being used as a topical at like 20, 15%. Mm -hmm. actually didn't know that they tested it in a bunch of different chemical peels mm. and there's there's a ton of studies using azelaic acid as peels usually not standalone peel the only standalone peel i found is um it uses 30% azelaic acid once every two weeks as a as a chemical peel
1: Sorry, I just have to interject because 30% azelaic acid and you say peel, and I usually think of peels as like very liquid water toner kind of textures. Is it a paste? Like It's either like
0: a it? completely alcoholic um, uh, liquid. Mm-hmm. Like cell acid, you can find cell acid in peels up mm-hmm. to 20 or even 30%, mm-hmm. and that is all alcohol. Yeah. Um, so maybe alcohol, they didn't, in that paper, I didn't find the information on the cure yet.
1: Or it could be like concrete paste. (laughs) I I think of like powdered (laughs) brick and mortar and pestle. I don't think you're very wrong in how that's manufactured.
0: (laughs) Um, so yeah, they, they did six treatments Mm -hmm. once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a relatively small study, but they tested it specifically on acne lesion and found that that was helpful. Yeah. And I've also found a lot of different chemical peel studies where uh, they either use azelaic acid as a support product after glycolic acid peels, yeah. or I found one where it's just like hanging out in combination with cell acid and phytic acid. I don't know why. Like, I feel like people in the chemical peel world just like it's got the word
1: acid in and let's throw 10% in and see what happens, you know? You joke about that, but I'm pretty sure that's not far from what actually happened. I really like the anecdotal study um, mm-hmm. that really, you know, it talked about like 0.05% triminolins, quite low, um, with 15% azelaic acid for back acne, just because I hate back acne. Like mm-hmm. most stubborn, most difficult, got to deal with, um, usually has pigmentation um, the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation spots and just not a lot of studies are dedicated towards treating that mm-hmm. um this is like very anecdotal it's only for african-american women and i like it even more because it tests on darker skin types which is so, so hard and so, so, so difficult rare. Yeah. yeah and to add on
0: why it's so hard with yeah. darker skin tone is and we actually feel like darker skin tone um hyperpigmentation issue is the hardest to treat and first
1: of all they gotta find like t- they, they gotta find the sweet spot whereas yes. for fairer skin types you're blasting with bleaching the actives bleaching and you're like not too worried about
0: yeah so with darker skin are. tone a lot of times you're really worried about hydroquinone because it can give you that halo effect and you are very prone to post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. so if you use a very aggressive peel like a not like a 70% glycolic or phenol TCA peel, then you're worried that you're irritating your skin so much that you're actually getting more hyperpigmentation. It's just like, it's just a really difficult situation all around. And that's complicated further because there isn't as many studies that's dedicated to that skin tone range. Yep,
1: exactly.
0: So we love this um, anecdotal study.
1: Yeah, and then I think, I feel like the 20% azelaic acid, the reason why we tout that skincare range so much is because of one of the studies that compares it to 2% hydroquinone. Mm -hmm. And this one also looks at subjects that are from Indo-Malay Hispanic origin, which Mm -hmm. means their skin tones are also a little darker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this study, classic, double-blinded, it has 155 patients. And um, on top of that, they do use a broad-spectrum sunscreen, Mm -hmm. which all people trying to tackle pigmentation should be doing anyway please just wear sunscreen yeah um we always say if you're going to tackle the skin concern and you don't use sunscreen what is even the point like mm. your pigmentation actives already have to work so hard why do you have to make it exponentially harder by not protecting your skin from the sun um but yeah so overall um uh, in terms of time frame, you know, they did much longer, 24 weeks, um, and they found that in the, actually the azelaic acid subjects actually performed a lot better than 2% hydroquinone. Yeah, this is super exciting.
0: So um, so with that, you're probably like, I am ready to add azelaic acid in my routine. Mm. Here comes the difficult news. Um, very, very, very few products, especially especially if you're based in the U.S., have 20%, which is the most tested concentration of azelaic acid. Um, Very sad. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. Mm -hmm. The Skinnerin is a classic 20% cream that you can buy online. Because it's become more popular, it's really hard to find, and sometimes when you find it, it's absurdly expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll find... Paula's Choice and The Ordinary have 10% Isle lake serums and a few other brands too. So what we would say is um, definitely make sure you use that day and night. Because at 10%, it's it probably won't hit the efficacy that you're looking for.
1: Yeah, and think of it more as like a secondary active. You yes. Know, I, we keep talking about cocktails, pigmentation. Mm-hmm. To tackle pigmentation, you need cocktails. So this is a great addition to your um, bigger pigmentation fighters.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's a great ingredient to also pair with your acne-fighting mm-hmm. routine with mm-hmm. the studies we mentioned pairing mm-hmm. it with Trentinoin. Mm-hmm. All the peel studies pair with az- uh, um, glycolic acid and other ingredients. So the good thing is this ingredient plays
1: well with other actives. Mm-hmm. So
0: definitely use it in a, a more complex routine yeah. to get the best benefit out of it.
1: Yeah, So and then also don't think of it as like the main active in your pigmentation acne-fighting routine. Yeah, da da da. Cool. <laughs> um, and so those are the two main ones that we want to talk about. There are a couple that we're still gonna just quick fire. Quick fire, go through. The first one is kojic acid. Uh, pigment finding routine. Very not stable.
0: Turns black on you, so uh, be so careful. So black. <laughs> so black. It's almost concerning. It so looks I, like sludge. I've I definitely worked with one once, and it looks like toxic pulverized waste is yeah. all I can say
1: good so, but shelf life horrible yeah um, keep an eye out on your product stability mm-hmm. and usually will never be like the champion ingredient I feel like it'll always be like with some things. Mm-hmm. all right ferulic acid go <laughs> really it's more to help the stability of vitamin c um you know it through the ce ferulic um I have seen I, I can't remember where I have seen one trying to tout the frugal like acid part Mm -hmm. of a skincare product and as if that is a champion active Mm -hmm. I that's not actually the takeaway here I would say supporting ingredient moving on (laughs) exactly so and then we have a few others that really aren't considered actives so first up hyaluronic acid just hydrating
0: yeah it's a hydrating ingredient um we can go into more about like the the small hyaluronic acid Mm -hmm. um but generally speaking it's there to hydrate it's pretty big it sits on top of skin there's some studies that indicate that um some of it penetrates skin but it doesn't get incorporated into your skin and plump it's not the same as injecting hyaluronic acid in your skin
1: citric acid go uh First of all, you're if you find it in your serum, your AHA serums, ignore it.
0: <laughs> that's it. So usually it's like a cream to help the chemist adjust the pH. That's it, and it can help with um, preservation depending on the formula type.
1: That's it. That's it. So don't 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 listen to those claims. Yeah, it's not exfoliating. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes yeah, sometimes you'll see like AHAs and like we use all these other ones the malic and tartaric and the things you know and they're there to they'll throw in up. citric and i don't understand that yeah
0: next so last but not least everything we mentioned are mostly team water azelaic acids, mm. team no one but we have team oil acids which we have found that a lot of people get very confused about mm. these are generally not like hard-hitting active per mm-hmm. se so first off, we have ster- like fatty acid, like your stearic acid and... Yeah. there are just waxes. Yeah, stearic acid is very big and very chunky. It's actually there to help your cream stay creamy. Yeah,
1: but, yeah. they are the emulsifiers that bring your water and oily, oily components together. Yeah, linoleic, linolenic. Yeah, those are your omegas. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually do have some... Skin properties. Skin benefit pro Yeah, some, some nice skin benefits. Um in terms of improving skin tone, um, not the most stable. Have a funky scent, um, but can be very helpful in skincare. Hmm? Yeah,
0: is that acids?
1: Am I forgetting this Probably. I think we've probably forgot a few, but. There will be a part two then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think that's the meat. Hopefully that concludes the meat. Yeah. Hopefully that gives you an idea of all the other acids mm. that you guys are wondering about. And that kind of clarifies um, the space. Because anytime we have a bad habit of calling it the acids and then... You know but there's actually other ones and people get confused people get so. confused so um if
0: you have any questions let us know and we'll help identify that
1: asset yeah <laughs> like who is that pokemon style <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> all right so it's time to <gasps> break, break break it up break break, break it up oh, break, break, animal break, corner time break, break, it's animal corner fun fact today um,
0: is an extra selfish animal corner fun fact day <laughs> well
1: Thanks to Gloria Uh and my loved ones, they all recommended that today, since it's my turn to do Animal Fun Facts, let's do it on my newly adopted dog, Maisie. Miss Maisie, if you want to see Miss
0: Maisie, go to our Instagram story. (laughs) We featured her in our last live
1: session. Yeah. She was a little grudgy, but she participated. She doesn't like being picked up. I (laughs) think she's afraid of heights. Mm -hmm. But... um. Maisie is actually a mutt, but she is predominantly Australian cattle dog. Um, it's She's got that classic characteristic coat with like the spotted black and kind of like that salt and pepper like fur. Um, so this is really an ode to Maisie, and I've... <laughs> Welcome to Kim's Confessions family, Maisie! Also encouraged Gloria to do a fun fact corner for her cats as well. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually, I was thinking maybe we could do, like, a pet skincare fun <gasps> fact. yes! Yeah, I feel like, um, that'll be fun. But anyway, so, um, we've adopted Maisie. This is going on five months from her... Very awesome foster mama, mama Audrey. And um, she's got some really quirky characteristics. I never thought that they could have such personality. Mm-hmm. They're very smart. They are very... I feel like if she had a posable thumb, she mm-hmm. could probably operate the microwave if she wanted to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I um, went down a rabbit hole and... I feel like these are gonna be installments because I think I could talk about them for a long, long time. Um, but today is just about the origin story of how the Australian mm-hmm. cattle dog came to be. Um, so they are originated from Australia, and what happened was. I'll be really weird if they're not. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, no surprise. So, <laughs> yeah, so what happened was when they brought cattle to Australia um, from the UK, uh, the dog came with it. And the dog that came with it was the Smithfields Collie. It's like mm-hmm. this wiry, kind of like terrier-looking, um, medium-sized dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem was it wasn't quite equipped for the kind of herding it needed to do in Australia. It's too much land. <laughs> Too much land, (laughs) it has very long wiry hair, so it's Mm -hmm. too hot.
0: Oh, oh god, poor thing. (laughs) Just picture like,
1: stop (laughs) running. Yeah, exactly. And they were thinking like, oh, maybe, you know, it kind of barks a lot. So maybe there's something we can do there. Mm -hmm. So they decided that we're going to try to optimize the Smithfield Collie. And they crossed it with a tamed dingo. That's like native to. Oh her. wow, really? Yeah, and. Um, oh, I feel like that the mazy ear. Yeah, so yeah the, 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 the pointy ears. Yeah, like pointy ears. Yeah, um, so interesting results. This is like a lab lab experiment. I'm so excited to share. <laughs> <laughs> so, the dog was more quiet, which is awesome, but unfortunately, it was like too enthusiastic of a biter, and <laughs> it got too excited to like bite.
0: These the animals that are herding cows that are
1: delicious so uh-huh. anyways yeah so that was completely axed immediately
0: um <laughs> thing. i can just picked the first person that proposed that idea said i'm a genius wait don't eat the cow yeah exactly they're like
1: oh but wait <laughs> yeah and so secondly decided to cross the dingo same thing but with a rough collie um they didn't bite, oh thank god, but they barked so much. <laughs> they barked to the point that they agitated the cows, made them so anxious while they herded them that by the time they got to market they lost weight and they lost <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> the cows are like oh, I can't oh oh anxiety. The is the even barking. Exactly. I thought it was fascinating and I really feel like there's, like, some weird parenting, like, lesson or, sca- or concern just from that act of, like, too much yapping leads to lost, like losing weight. <laughs> I just picture people, like, herders at that time, like, bringing
0: in their skinny and scared cows, like, yeah, oh this is, like, my
1: prized cow, it's delicious. Ah, like oh please let me get me away from this dog (laughs) yeah exactly and then um okay so still need some optimization and then they decided dingoes Different kind of ho- um, collie. This is the Highland Collie. Pretty set like, yes! on the dingo line, though. Yeah, I think they, you know, native to Australia. More they, resilient oh, to Australian landscape. More resilient. They wanted the coat. They wanted kind of, like, the um, athleticism, because mm-hmm. they have to trek such across such long, like, big yeah, areas makes of sense. land. And then they crossed it with a Highland Collie, and then they were, like, much improved, because not only were they silent... They only nipped at the cow's, like, feet to get them mm. to change directions and guide them. And that's why they're called healers. Ooh, pretty good. Yeah. And they also could, like, flatten themselves out in case a cow decided to kick them. Oh. So, yeah. Because, like, it's, yeah, it's dangerous. And cows can, they kept, they got attitude, too. So yeah. um, that's how they became, like, the hall's healer. Um, so... That was kind of, like, the ideal standard. Um, they tried other mixes, too. One was they crossed it with a bull terrier, and, yeah, it bit the cow to try to move, but it didn't let go of the cow. <laughs> it wasn't trying to eat it, it. just didn't let go of the cow, which I thought was, like, that's oh my it's not the way to go. And then they also tried crossing it with, like, Dalmatian because they like that Dalmatians... They actually, um... They have this, like, weird... um friendliness towards horses they have this protectiveness um protective nature so they wanted to see if they could mm-hmm. bring that in to the blue healer um but unfortunately it lost its like work ethic
0: <laughs> <laughs> i will hurt from uh 2 p.m
1: yeah. to 4 no more yeah
0: That's um nine like, up overtime
1: <laughs> yeah so i thought that was awesome um they did have this gem of a hall healer um This was by a man whose last name is Bentley. They call Mm -hmm. it like the Bentley dog. Mm -hmm. And they were like, that is like the gold standard because their stamina was awesome. Mm -hmm. And how you know if your Australian cattle dog came from that lineage is because it has like a white kind of like spot or star on his forehead. And Maisie has that. And I can't confirm that she has incredible stamina. (laughs) Like, no yep. quit. There is no quit in this dog. Like, she will always want you to fetch it. She will patiently wait for anyone to throw the ball. Um, Maisie loves fudge. Yes. So if you're ever in town and you want to play with her, she will be very happy. Bring a tennis ball or a ten. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that's kind of the origin story of the Australian Cattle Dog and how the dog came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, one last fun fact I didn't realize was that um, previously, the Guinness Book of World Record holder for the oldest dog was a Blue Heeler. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, The dog's name was Bluey, and he lived till 29. 29? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, and I don't know what's in the Australian water, but um, then it recently was beaten by another Australian dog breed called the Kelpie. Mm -hmm. Um, The dog's name was Maggie, lived till she was 30, and the owner was was saying that um, she has seen the sun – Girl from four to 34, which is such a weird concept. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. That's adorable. I know, I know. So, anyways,
0: yeah. That's the Australian cow- cattle dog. Maisie. <laughs> yeah, Maisie. Maisie is delightfully weird and she mm. loves Fetch so much that if you're busy, if no one's paying attention to her, she will stare so intently mm. at the ball,
1: kind of mm. like.
0: If I stare hard enough, mm-hmm. either it's going to move on to, or one of these suckers can't take it anymore and will throw it for me.
1: And it's so true. Yeah, it works. She's like doing some psychology testing on us. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So anyways, yeah, I'm sure you will see more pictures of her. We're also going to get Gloria to do a segment on her cats. Oh my cats. Cats in general cats are assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Their dynamic is great. Yes. And, um, yeah, maybe we'll talk about some sort of like skincare or fun facts, skincare stuff for pets. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And last but not least, the Q and a corner. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Q and a corner. We need (laughs) a
0: jingle for or something. Uh, Yeah. 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 Oh, get there.
1: Maybe people will talk us out of it. Like no more jingles, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got a question from one of our good friends all the way in Europe. Uh, at the skin side of me, she asked, did I understand it correctly that retinol oxidizes in contact with air? Um, drop our bottles with retinol products. Won't it oxidize? And I think that's such a good question. We haven't talked about it in a long time.
0: Yes. Yes, it will. So that's why we do tell. Um, more airless packaging mm. so either airless pumps or aluminum tubes like mm-hmm. those really airtight tubes mm-hmm. um, or even any any airless, airless packaging so for tubes how you can tell if something's airless is either when you press it down if it's that aluminum texture it doesn't pop back up what mm-hmm. when you squeeze product out it kind of keeps its form mm-hmm. even like plastic airless tubes when you pump it out it's just gonna like keep squeezing it down it won't like go back to its full like fat mm-hmm. form um so yeah that minimizes air contact
1: um yeah droppers are not our favorite no they're better than jars but that's a very low bar yeah but um
0: yeah i mean i will say like there are things you can do in the formula to help but usually to like kind of safeguard um yeah. or or just to maximize your chance of hitting a successful product we do recommend seeking out airless packaging yeah
1: and encapsulation of retinols getting better that mm-hmm. one of the things is to try to improve stability but if you have the option to put it in optimal packaging it's like why a dropper when there's the airless pump options i want to add that vitamin c even though it does oxidize as well
0: um the reason why it's in a dropper most often is because it lets out gas as it oxidizes
1: and also very fluid
0: yeah so uh if you put it in a pump it will kind of spit out and just not very ideal so for vitamin c dropper is fine but just finish it as soon as like once you open it just go through it
1: yeah and i would say for a friend you know if you are using this like retinol product in a dropper bottle, just use it through quickly as possible. Um, do you pay attention to color changes? That's usually a good sign of, like, how your product is doing. Um, yeah. So second question we get is, what about Fluoratin CF? Oh. This is uh, SkinCeutical's other antioxidant serum. Ooh. Um, she asks, everyone talks about C.E. Ferulic. Totally fair. So many dupes. Um, but the Fluoratin CF, um, also same price, but is it worth trying... As for someone, she was, uh, I think the added part to the question was for someone who kind of like didn't really like the texture of sea Ferulic. So for those of you who's never tried sea Ferulic,
0: think about something that smells like hot dog water but is stickier
1: than honey. Mm. <laughs> Florentine CF to me is not sticky-ish. Yeah, not it's sticky. not as sticky, but... Is more nourishing. I've noticed. Like I feel like that tcaffrol part mm. really comes in a little more.
0: Yeah, and correct <laughs> me wrong. There are two forms of floratil CF. One oh, in a dropper th- and one th- in a pump.
1: I think she means the dropper one. Oh. the one in the pump is like is that that was the new the second one the second launch, right? Yeah. circle's so. naming scheme is really dry,
0: so I kinda can't remember. But there's another floor to m mm-hmm. f floor yes. product. And it is a pump. Yeah, and that pump is um there's silicones in it. Mm-hmm. So that one has a glidier skin feel mm-hmm. and definitely no stickiness to that. Mm-hmm. The, one in the dropper, a Dropper agree with Victoria. It's um less sticky but it's definitely substantial. Substantial. Yeah. The smell
1: is not as bad. Yeah, it's a sure.
0: different scent. Less hot dog and more like
1: maple syrupy funky maple fermented syrup. Mm, maple syrup <laughs> yeah. so anyways um, but I personally for me I'm like if you I, I it's not a bad formula mm-hmm. um, I know people always tell for Ferulic but um, definitely another good way to get antioxidants um, if you're thinking between the two and that price range so mm-hmm. keep going all right, last but not least, we have to finish with a layering question of Yay. actives. So, the question is, is it possible to use retinol on the same day or the same week that I use AHAs, BHAs, and BPO? If you go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to assume because of the this combo of actives that this is probably more, you're more concerned about acne. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... Then probably absolutely, it's just a matter of introduction and how you bring it in. So funny. The reason why I, I bring this up is because this is the day we posted about layering tips. Yeah. So Gloria, <laughs> are these layering tips. What is your recommendation on introducing this active?
0: So I had this um moment of brilliance spurred by my beer that introducing active is like introducing cats. Yes. They might hiss at jo- each other in the beginning. And it's important to listen to your skin in that period and proceed with caution. Mm. So in this lineup of um, products that you listed, BPO and retinol are going to be your main acne fighter. Mm. Um, You could use BPO and retinol, but if you can just use one. Personally, I'm like, I don't know. Would you recommend having both BPO and
1: retinol? Uh, It's common. Uh, They usually are meant... but. The combo is usually tretinoin and BPO Mm -hmm. that they've done like a couple studies and they would want you to keep those in separate routines one day, one night. Um, So I think that's perfectly fine. But I would say that if you're introduced retinol, which is a heavy hitter into this routine, which sounds already pretty heavy, just try introducing it maybe once or twice Mm -hmm. a week into the routine and then see how your skin reacts um, on this many, uh, this number of actives yeah um just because consider your skin sniff period like you just let it feel it out a little bit yeah exactly as Gloria said you probably are going to see some flaking you might feel some stinging um and so if that's the case you know just stay the either if it's tolerable stay the course or you can dial it back a frequency until your skin can like slowly acclimate um
0: and i want to add one more thing is ahas and bhas in this kind of layup uh, is going to be your support ingredients. Yeah. So make sure BPO and retinol work for you first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in AHA, BHA, it's so dependent on their concentration. Yeah. You can use the lowest uh, amount of BHA. You can find like 0.5% to supplement. Yeah. And in terms of AHA, you can either just use once a week as a wash off mask yeah. or use a lower level like an AHA toner or lighter serum instead
1: of like a full serum at 12%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally agree. Um, And I think, you know, another really good takeaway that I really like about our post today is that, you know, you want to think about what is your focal point of your routine Mm -hmm. in terms of the active. And here, there can definitely be a couple. I like, I definitely like the focus on retinal BPO, um, especially for acne. So hopefully that helps
0: that was a lot but dms if you have more questions i do this a lot <laughs> yeah a lot. Go on. <laughs> i mean i think with skincare it's always like well it depends on which always. one you're using depends always. on the concentration so yep, yeah yeah yeah. cool so that's the end of the podcast that's it we, we said it. in the episode the next one will be on effective botanicals Yeah. you will find out if we lied about it or not
1: soon <laughs> with this track record we're probably not gonna do that <laughs> well who knows we may surprise but it will be consistent so we'll see you in two weeks yeah for sure um yeah so after this we'll probably be like sharing how the book launch went i can't believe oh. it yeah and um you know we got some i Hope, we're hoping to have a new launch update for you by then mm. we are trying very hard um but per usual product development new hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> product development so but anyways um hope today's episode was helpful for you guys um yeah and that's it we'll see you next time we'll see you next
0: time bye, bye. bye.